0: If you're just okay at whatever it is that AI can replace, it will replace you. I've made millions, I've taught people to make millions, and I've seen people make millions. (laughs) with the same information that other people complain about and ask refunds for. It's not hard to get rich. What's hard is getting out of your own way. So now more than ever is the time to double down and become a more valuable asset so that you can't be replaced, whether it's by another person or whether it's by AI.
1: Welcome to the Bulletproof Entrepreneur show, where our goal is to uncover the truth about business and introduce you to the people, the tools and the strategies to make your mind, life and money bulletproof. In this episode I sat down with Dan Henry. Dan is the Wall Street Journal best-selling author of Digital Millionaire Secrets. He's a professional speaker, founder of multiple multi-million dollar companies including getclients.com and closedeals.com and is one of the most influential entrepreneurs in the world. In this episode we discuss the high-level overview and tactical strategies that you can use to thrive in the AI economy for the next decade and beyond. If at any point as you're watching, if this seems helpful to you, just tap that like button. It will help the YouTube algorithm show this video to more people. That said, let's dive in. The number one biggest lie that you see being sold to entrepreneurs
0: well, that it's going to be easy that it's going to be quick it, not necessarily that you'll make millions because i've made millions i've taught people to make millions and i've seen people make millions with mm-hmm. the same information that other people complain about and ask refunds for yeah um but the quick and easy part is here, here here's the thing right it's all a matter of perception if i tell you i can teach you how to make a million dollars and it's going to be easy Technically, that's true, and here's why. If we go back 100, 200 years, and you wanted to make a million dollars, or the equivalent to that based on inflation, you had to like, find gold. You had to to do something that took a thousand times more effort than you do now. Today, you can go on to social media, and if you just know how to say the right words, you can build an audience quickly, and then you can come up with a product, purely information based, you can sell it, and you can make a million dollars. That is a thousand times easier to get rich than virtually any other time in history. Mm. So to me, it is a massively easy, even if you're a beginner. So it, to my perspective, it's easy Yeah. to somebody who literally doesn't think it's possible and who grew up with their family and their friends telling them that they need to get a real job it's a pipe dream yeah to them it seems unreasonable but if they saw it happen and they stood right next to someone who did it and then they went over here to the freaking gold digger or the or the oil guy that owns an oil rig or whatever or the guy that had to be a famous actor they'd be like oh no no that's way easier Mm -hmm. so it's a matter of perspective right it actually is easy but it's only easy because it's the easiest way to get rich versus easy in general. Yeah. It's not easy. Nothing. Getting rich at all is not easy. Yeah. But if you. Relatively. If, r- relatively. But if you're just asking comparatively of the options to get rich, mm-hmm. it's the easiest.
1: Why do you think there are so many people that although even the people that like listening to this or watching this might agree with you like, yeah, I get it. But I feel like it should be easier than that. Because you still, even even people like- Why why
0: do you think you deserve it? That's one of my, like, why mm. do you think it, you deserve to be rich? You don't, right? okay? You know who deserves to be rich? Rich people, okay? <laughs> because they went out and did the thing. Look, if you don't think like a rich person, not even rich, just somebody who's in shape, somebody who's rich, somebody who's famous, somebody who's musically talented, whatever the goal is, you have to learn to think like that person. Then you have to, I call this tag, think act get you think like you learn to think like the person then you act and you behave like a person that thinks like that acts and behaves and then you get the thing that those people get mm-hmm. right so you can't think like a ch- you can't get what a champion has if you don't think like a champion you can't get yeah. what a millionaire has if you don't think like a millionaire and millionaires don't sit there and go it they don't worry if it's easy or not they don't worry that's not a question we ask yeah. in fact i like it when it's hard and here's why There's two roads. There's the easy road and the hard road. You've heard this analogy before, right? Mm -hmm. Well, the easy road to me is actually the hard road. And the hard road is actually the easy road. And here's why. The easy road has a ton of traffic because everyone's on the easy road. It's clogged. You can't get through, beep, 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 right? Everyone's on the easy road. No one's on the hard road. So when you figure out how to drive the hard road, there's no traffic and you just can scoot on by. So to me, the easy road, Mm. the easy way is the hard way. And that's how successful people think because I, I wanna be in the road where there ain't nobody there. I don't, I don't wanna have to drive around you. I don't wanna be stuck behind you in bumper to bumper traffic. So you go look for the easy way. I'm gonna do it the hard way because when I figure out the hard way, you can't repeat. Define you can't... the hard way. Okay, so I'll give you an example. Um, perfect example. So you know, my, you know the businesses I've owned, mm-hmm. right? So I taught people how to create digital products or service-based businesses and sell them for a high price, sell online courses, sell agency services. I've even helped lawyers and doctors get more patients and leads basically taking what you have to offer, making sure it's a valuable thing for a high price and selling it online. And I did that through education. Well, anybody can throw together a course or a coaching program and say they can teach the same thing, whether they're good at it or not, whatever, right? However, I thought about this and I was like, all right, the market's getting a little bit saturated, even though there's, you know, the market's growing faster than the saturation. So it's not actually the market getting saturated, it's the tactics. Mm. And so, yes, I could keep innovating. When we We're,
1: say the market. The
0: just... amount of people who want to learn how to make money with marketing okay. and, and online.
1: Like the coaching, consulting. Yeah. Online. But I mean, uh,
0: even, if it's, even if you're not a coaching or consultant, maybe you have a service, yeah. you know, you could still scale that, okay. you know? Um, but yes, coaching, consulting, yeah, yeah. online courses, online education, masterminds, this whole thing. right? Yeah, yeah. But here's the thing i realized very quickly i noticed something i would take someone through education who didn't really know anything i would get them to have a profitable business maybe you know 10 15 20 grand a month Mm. and they would do well maybe they'd scale to 50 or 100 maybe 150 maybe 200 but then they'd they'd peak and then they'd have this dip Mm. right and i noticed this and here's the reason why the reason why companies like Salesforce, companies like Grant Cardone, why they do so well and they keep doing well is because they have enterprise level sales support. Every morning they get on a call with their salespeople and they not only train them, they not only uh, uh, help them, but they keep, they hold them accountable. They make sure they hit their goals. They make sure their their mindset's on track. Ask yourself this, how you feel determines how you perform, right? So if you have a date night with your wife and everything's going well, but then all of a sudden you get into a car accident and that brand new Ferrari that you have gets smashed and like mud drops on you and then your grandma dies and all this stuff, you think you're gonna have a good night? No. No,
1: much less fun of an evening. Right, right,
0: right. right. (laughs) Well, sales is a lonely, isolating game, especially when you get no after no after no. Mm. So the reason why these sales teams perform at such a high level is because they have daily support. And so I thought about this and I was like, okay, you buy a coaching program, you get eight, 12, 16 weeks of coaching and then buy. And then what happens? You dip. Mm. So I started closed deals, and I and here's what I thought. Instead of creating another coaching program, instead of creating another course, I'm gonna choose the hard road. I'm gonna make something that's very difficult to replicate. So what we did was we charged a lot more, but we literally get on a call with either your sales team or you if you do your own sales every day. Now imagine that, how many coaching programs out there have a team that gets on with you every day? Mm build We we build their system we build their crm we do all this stuff every day so that's like that's not coaching that's like right. management yeah, right yeah. we also manage their sales teams for them and what i've noticed is is if you charge this much to give this much help you get this much mm. but if you charge this much to give this much help the gap yeah. that they get like the, the, the return is higher so even though you you pay more because we charge more than i would for a coaching program sure but with that increase in charge, the increase in support makes the return four, five, six times more. Mm. And so, my thing is like, okay, you want to copy me, you want to do the same thing I'm doing, then go out and build a team of 10, 15, 20 sales managers, develop an infrastructure, develop systems where you can literally manage multiple sales teams. Oh, and do it all without taking a percentage, do it for a flat rate. Mm. You go ahead and try. Go ahead and try. I'll wait for you on the yeah, hard sure. road. You, I'll, I'll wait. I'll, I'll look behind. I'll look. Uh, Oh, nobody's there yet. Okay, because nobody does that. Yeah. Right. So that's what I mean by the hard road. I chose a business that would get massively big results for my clients while at the same time was so hard to execute that I knew I could do it. Yeah. But I don't know very many people that can. That's the formula.
1: So on the on the hard road thing, because one of the things that um I guess I it, it really stuck with me in when I started to work with you is the volume at which you test stuff oh yeah and yeah. even before the closed deals business like the hard road on let's say a non-hard business um what seems like it just in being around you for as as much time as we've spent together It seems as though like everything that you've done has had like dozens of iterations Mm -hmm. and and tons of just it's obvious that there's hours and hours and hours spent testing and refining and studying and hiring and and learning and all this stuff. Um, So I'm wondering if you could speak to that as it relates, let's say somebody's in a non impossible hard business. um, But what's the hard road on an easy business because most people watching this probably aren't trying to reinvent the business wheel. As you are with closed deals, with a, such a unique offer, right? You know, maybe well, made that.
0: well, that's how you get a hundred million dollar company. Mm. But if you just want a million bucks and that's it, which is in in the scope of what we do, is yeah. like, you're a beginner, right? You make a million bucks, you you're you're still flowering, yeah. and that's great because everybody is there, yeah. But for some people, that's enough, you know, a couple million dollars a year is enough, and that's totally attainable. Um, so here's the thing: here's how I view the testing. Mm. Uh, have you ever met a drummer that? And if you if you hang around musicians, you know they always have two sticks with them, mm. right? And they're always they're always drumming, right? And they don't drum when they're in front of a drum set. They drum all day long. Mm-hmm. They're doing paradiddles and practicing. So the way I view it is okay. Paradiddle? paradiddle it's that, okay. uh it's like an exercise that's a new that's a fun word yeah yeah, yeah paradiddle <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, it's it sounds like a cute dinosaur yeah, I, I remember like, like elf it's like Ooh, that's a fun yeah, word yeah Cisco. <laughs> any 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 drummers listening to this they'll, they'll be like, like about yeah yeah but so when you're trying to have a conversation with a drummer it's very difficult because yeah. Like, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, yeah uh-huh huh, uh-huh yeah okay it's super annoying but the dedication to their craft i i noticed that i i had a drummer that i was amazing drummer his name was phil um and uh played with him in a band for years and i noticed he would always do that and the guy never had a drum set because mm. he, he had money problems and he was broke great guy but he would like never have a drum set i had to buy a drum set and keep it there but when he would come you would think a man that never that doesn't have a drum set would be a pretty crappy drummer mm. but he wasn't he was amazing because all day long he would practice and mm. i thought about this and so you know i never told him this but it really inspired me because when i go through life i test all the time. I, if I'm at a restaurant, if I'm at a bar, I don't really go to bars much anymore. But wherever I'm at, I test, right? So, we were driving home uh, the other day uh, uh, in Costa Rica with my girlfriend and a friend of hers, and all of a sudden he said something, and I was like, "I've got an analogy," and I, I was like, blah, 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 and "I did my analogy," and I just looked at him, and this wasn't a business thing, you know. He doesn't even really know what I do, yeah, and. I test that analogy, and I look at their eyes, I look, oh yeah, and I make sure they get it, make sure it clicks a light bulb. And so what, what I think happens is people, when, when they test, they, they just think it's all about going in and putting some piece of marketing out and testing it, but it's, it's your entire life, mm. right? I mean, one thing, and I think you've seen me do this, one thing I do, the greatest thing you can do is make complex things seem simple right mm-hmm. you take a complexity cuz look you know your business you know about the mind you know about uh, how to get people results by getting over their limiting beliefs and their fear and their anxiety you're a master at that but the complexities that are in your mind you have to explain mm-hmm. them in a very simple way so yeah. that the people considering buying from you can be like wow that makes sense mm-hmm. right so that is a skill and this is this is the thing most entrepreneurs are told the biggest lie and here it is this system will get you results this mm-hmm. system it's not the system. It's the skill that fills the system, okay? If you can develop a skill, you can make any system work. For instance, here's an analogy I use to explain this, all right, imagine you wrote a hit song. Now that hit song couldn't be played on a piano, and I know you're a great piano player. Um, it can be played on a piano. It can be played on a guitar. It can be uh, sung a cappella. It can be played with a guitar that's acoustic. It can be played with a guitar that's distortion, which is why you'll find famous artists They'll do, you know, unplugged shows. They'll mm-hmm. do. They'll do different versions, but it's still the same song. Yeah. And the thing is, is most entrepreneurs they worry about the guitar. Oh, do I use a guitar or do I use a piano? Do I use distortion or do I use an acoustic? Instead of hey, how do I write a hit song? The same messaging that grows your business will work in in any format. Work on stage. Work in email marketing. It'll work on a on a sales videos. It'll work on the phone but that's what you have to develop. And so here's one way I developed it, and I developed it super fast. Mm. Every day, anywhere from one to three or four times a day, maybe more, I will look around the room and I'll take a random object, and I will pitch the object, Mm. okay? Or I will use it as an example to pitch my offer. Most of the time, the analogy that I come up with is crap. But if I do it three, four, five times a day, one of them is gold. I get to use in my next speech or webinar or sales presentation, or I try it on a couple phone calls, and then I give it to my sales team. I say, "Say this, boom!" Every day, the rapid, just better, better, better. Like I'll just grab, you know, um, like like this metal wallet here. This is a I forget what the name of this is, but it's a weird wallet, right? It's got it's got my um, credit cards in it, and it's made of metal, and it's got a clip, it's very different than a normal wallet. It's very functional, it's small, it's compact, it fits in my pocket, and it easily uh, attaches. It's not, it, like, I don't have to yeah. open stuff. So I, I think about the product, or the object, and I think, well, what makes it what it is? It's ugly, this thing is ugly, but it works. So, oh, wait a minute, it's ugly, but it works. So then I think in my head, and I go, you know what's interesting about a this ugly wallet? Of all the wallets I've had, this wallet works the best and I list the reasons why. Mm. It's small, it's compact, I never lose it. I can instantly grab a card and then just slip it back in. And I don't have to worry about losing it because it has a clip, I, I explain all these things, but it's ugly. Yet, you can see by how tarnished it is, I wear it all the time. Here's the thing, most of the time in business, we worry about how things look. We worry about logos, we worry about how fancy our website looks, we worry about what we wear, but we don't worry about the practicality of what we're doing, whether or not it works. If it doesn't work, who cares what it looks like? And so that is why I, Always do X Y Z, and then I can move into a pitch. You're so good at that. Okay,
1: that's one of, that's my that's my favorite thing is to listen to you do. Th- I've, <laughs> I've got pretty good at it. Like I, because I, I have my clients now like you know. All right, let's look at your offer, and they'll be it's it's garbage. No offense, clients. Um, uh, hopefully better after I said something. Yeah. But I've been since working with you and hearing you do that easily a hundred times like full on through for probably the same amount of offers. Yeah. probably a hundred times I've heard you actually go through and do exactly what you just did. and that has very much totally changed the way that I think about marketing and explaining things it, and it is, it's a total game changer. I think for for me, it's interesting I' I'm, I'm, I'm putting myself in the shoes of somebody who's like, you have the gift of gab, Dan. I
0: well I don't, I, think, I, I don't think I have a gift. Because I, I don't think so, because a lot of people think that that's a talent, that mm. what I have is, or sales is a talent. Mm-hmm. But can I tell you a quick story to, show, to prove to you beyond a shadow of a doubt that it's, it's actually a skill that can be learned? Okay, so when I was growing up, um, I was not well liked in school, I got beat up a lot, and I got invited to no part, I had no friends. So then my dad sends me to learn martial arts and jiu mm. So then what happens? I get into fights every day, right? Because I'm like, well, now I know how to break your arm, so yeah. let's go, right? So that didn't work, okay? So eventually, my father pulls me out of school. Now, to be good at sales or the gift of gab or all that, you gotta have social skills, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like baseline. I had none. I was the most socially awkward dude. I kinda still am, right? I don't like hanging out with people a lot because that's why I delivered pizza for seven years because mm. I got to sit in my car, seven years, delivered pizza. Got to sit in my car and not talk to anyone because I had no social skills. Mm. One day, I answered this ad on Craigslist and I get a sales job. It ended up being a job with a company where, Bill, you know, Billy Mays, the oxy yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where he got his start. Mm. My sales manager was Billy Mays' sales manager, oh. okay? So the gig was to sell pots and pans at like Costco, Sam's Club. You do this pitch, and then you sell this like overpriced set of cookware. Yeah. You know, and that was brand new, I was green, I was super young. I started selling kitchen knives, that's you they, they, yeah. Oh yeah, so you know what I'm yeah, talking yeah, about, you're yeah. a pitchman, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was my first real sales gig was being a pitchman. Yeah. So. We get to a Sam's Club first day. We set up, it's like 6 a.m., we set up the whole thing. I get up there and it's about my turn to do my very first presentation. And my sales manager gets on the intercom and he says, attention Sam's Club shoppers. In the next five minutes, we're gonna be doing a cooking show on aisle 14 and you'll get a free gift if you attend, head there now. Of course, the free gift was a potato peeler that broke after the first use, (laughs) naturally. But what happened was, I get up there and I get super nervous, right? I'm I'm thinking, like many people listening to this, I was thinking, I don't know what to say, why would these people listen to me? Why would they buy with me? I just have no confidence, because my whole life, I didn't have that. I didn't have that gif-a-gap. This was the defining moment in my life. The manager comes up and he says, dude, you gotta pull it together, right? These people are about, like they're waiting. And I said, I can't do this, I'm freaking out. He holds up a sheet of paper. And it was the script that he had taught me over the past two weeks Mm. during training. And he points to it. He says, you see this sheet of paper? You see the words on this paper? These are the words you've memorized, correct? I said, yes. And he says, we spent millions of dollars and years refining these words. If you say it, they will not only pay attention to you, they will give you money. Can you do that? And I was like, okay. So I get up there and all I did was say the words they taught me to say, that was it. And at the end, five people took sets of cookware, put them in their cart. I did the presentation four or five more times that day. I made a thousand dollars in commissions. Yep. Seven years, I struggled. I worked 40 to 50 hours a week to make barely 500 bucks a week delivering pizza. Mm. Three girlfriends, three times I came home and there was bags packed at the door from three girlfriends leaving me <laughs> because I wasn't going anywhere with my life. And in one day, I made a thousand dollars because I knew what to say and how to say it. Mm. Jim Rohn said, if you want to be successful, you got to have something good to say and you got to say it well. Yeah. And that was at that moment that I realized, do you
1: wish that you had the limitless pill? Well, this 100K a month thinking system might just be the next best thing. If you're feeling frustrated and stuck in your business, you just wanna operate at the level that you know that you're capable of. I'd like to invite you to click the link in the description and get instant access to my seven figure mindset secret system where I'm going to walk you through step by step everything that you need to start thinking like a millionaire and begin seeing shifts in your business in 24 hours or less so go check that out and let's get back to the show
0: and that was at that moment that i realized that if you know how to use words above brawn above strength above intelligence above if you know how to use this you can make the entire world bend to your will you can have whatever you want in life agreed yes and so so that's for the next 12 years i just dedicated myself to learning that
1: so the i'm I'm putting myself in the shoes of somebody who's just like yeah but ah, it's not really like me. Like you said, no social skills, but you've got a sales job and you actually showed up and said things. Whereas most people with no social skills would get a sales job or start trying to start a business and not actually show up or try to say the things. Yeah. Are they just fucked?
0: Okay. If you you buy your own plane and your intention is to fly the plane and you skip the flying lessons, what happens? You ain't gonna fly the plane. You're gonna crash. Yeah. Yeah. Or or if if you get in it or they're not gonna let you. If you decide to be a doctor, and you don't go to medical school and you grab a scalpel and start cutting into something, what's mm. gonna happen? Yeah, Yeah. okay, same thing. If you try to defend someone in court, the thing is, most people know that in order to fly, they know they need help. They know they need coaching. They know they need lessons. Same thing with being an attorney. But there's two things that people never think they need help with, business and parenting. Hmm. They think that they just automatically know how to be a good parent. They don't read any books. I'm reading a book right now called uh, Raising Men. Hmm. It's uh, uh, from uh, this Navy SEAL who teaches, uh, teaches you how to raise your son from the leadership lessons they learned in the SEALs. Great book. And the is other like one- Jocko or no? No, no, it's not, but he's great too. But this thing is like, people always think, oh, I I know how to parent. No, you don't, where did you learn that? Like, how do you, I'm sorry, did you just pop out of the womb and before they wipe the placenta off you, they put you through a parenting class? You don't know, you don't know anything. Oh, I watched my parents. Well, if your parents were amazing parents and you were lucky to have model parents Great. Most of us weren't that mm-hmm. lucky. So for you, fantastic. But for most of us, we didn't have that luxury. Yeah. Same thing with entrepreneurship. Oh, I've got this business idea. Well, you still gotta learn to sell it, market it, validate it. There's there's so many books written by billionaires. So and that's the, the change that I made. I, I in the beginning I didn't pay for coaching. I just read books. Yeah. I read books on marketing. I read I read 48 Laws of Power. That was huge. Learned some really awesome tricks there. Mm-hmm. Um like think about this. Here's what I would. Say. So you asked what I would say to that person. Yeah. All right. So I'm gonna pretend that you're that person. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna pretend that I'm talking to myself when I was 21 years old, bitching about not having money and hating rich people because that was me. Let's go. Okay. Guess what? You spend most of your time playing video games, fucking off, and doing shit that doesn't matter. If you just read a book. You could literally read one a week every evening and within one year, you would have all the skills you would need to make as much money as you ever wanted and you could buy as many of those video game systems as you wanted, okay? But you're not doing that and that's on you and that's your fault and there's nobody else's fault. No one owes you crap, I don't care where you're from, I don't care what race you are, I don't care what happened, no one owes you anything, pick up a book, and you will learn. And then when you learn, now you'll be earning and you can start going, oh, well, you know what? Maybe I should pay, like I paid 50 grand multiple times for Mm -hmm. a one-on-one session with professional speaking coaches, okay? Like I I gave Myron 50 grand and went out and made a million dollars in a day selling from stage. Yeah. Now, could I do that when I started? No. But I read books. (laughs) I read some books. And then I got to the point where I could invest and I could invest and I could invest. And every time I invested, I'd get astronomically higher returns. So it starts with taking ownership that you can learn the skills you need to learn. You want to be a better parent? Read some awesome parenting books. You want to be a better salesperson? Read, like, you want to be a better person? Read some books that are critically acclaimed as being amazing. The books are out there. They're like, what, five, seven, 10 bucks? Yeah. No excuse. No excuse to be poor in 2023. No, No, or even five years ago, no excuse.
1: I agree, yet still like 98% of people that are trying to start a business or have a business that's kind of floundering or say they've been having a business, but it's not actually a real business and they've been kind of lying to themselves for years or months or whatever. Um, I'm curious because I've I've watched you get uh, frustrated with people before. Um, I, I'm curious, what is it that frustrates you most when you are in one of those? You know, you're talking to that person that you're like, "Dude, just read the fucking book." <laughs> like, well, like, what is it that? If, why do you get so well, heated?
0: I've, I've I've calmed down a bit uh, in the past couple of years because I've learned a lot about human behavior and it's mm-hmm. allowed me to understand why people think the way they think and allowed me to be a better communicator mm-hmm. and coach. But overall, here's the reason: when you're a child, you don't have a lot of head trash, right? So if you tell a child to do something they just do it and they don't think about it because yeah. they don't have the, the the gunk in their head because they haven't been alive long enough to fill it up with junk. Yeah. See, what happens is when we grow into adults, we constantly fill our head with junk that we don't throw away and it just sits there, right? It just sits there like, you know, you've seen these hoarders, they have just crap laying everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And then when you try to go to the kitchen or the bathroom, you have to walk around or you get stuck and if there's so much junk, you can't even crawl over it. And so what happens is the advice out there is so easy to implement. Mm. It's not hard to get rich. What's hard is getting out of your own way. Mm-hmm. And what frustrates me is that people are who are fully capable of doing this, like, dude, if the jump rope guys, they know how to jump rope. They started a YouTube channel. They taught people how to jump rope. Hey, do you want to learn how to lose weight from jumping rope? Buy our course, boom, million dollars. Yeah, they, they just did it. They didn't think about it, right? There was a guy who made a million dollars selling how to use Microsoft Excel. He yeah. lo- so, and he didn't even know how. He went, he learned how to do it. Like, if right now, if you go learn how to use any software, pick any software that's widely used, spend 30 days, focus, learn how to use that software at a high level where you learn how to use it better than anybody else, create a info product or a, a program that says, I'll teach you how to use this, mm. you will make money. Can but
1: why, it. what is it that, like, if if you know this stuff, why are you frustrated with other people? Why not you just get rich and be like, I don't know, that sucks for you that you can't well, implement I'll, I'll tell like, you why, why do you care? Because
0: I'm an addict, man. I like feeling the. I'm not a drug addict. I've never been a drug addict, but I'm addicted to the feeling of crossing the finish line. Mm. Now, when I made my first million, it felt amazing. Second million, amazing. Ten million, amazing. Twenty million, thirty. But at a certain point, it gets less and less. Mm. But when I take somebody who is in a position like I was at. Mm. And I show them how, and I see them, you know how many stores, like, I, I went to a, a conference um, a few months ago. I had like 300 people walk up to me and tell me that if it wasn't for my program or my course or whatever, they wouldn't have made a million or they wouldn't have been able to buy a new house or the, whatever. Yeah. That right there, because look, I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm divorced. I wasn't the greatest husband. I tried my best, but I wasn't the greatest. I try to be the best father uh, that I can be. I try to be the best son, but I know I'm not great at those things. I was never the greatest athlete. I was never the greatest musician. But what I am good at is showing somebody how to make money Mm. and showing somebody how to change their life. So if that's what I'm good at, then I want to do it for as long as possible for the rest of my life, because that's what gives me purpose. Cause that's the thing I'm best at. So it's my purpose to do it. So that's what I like. I like taking people that don't know how to pull money out of thin air, don't know how to sell, don't know how to market, don't know how to level up, and just show them how, yeah. and, and I've got very good at explaining how to do it through those exercises. Sure, but here, here, here's why. There's two reasons why I think to answer your question why I think people don't. Mm. Number one, they go to school. Okay, the. Look, I'm just going to say it right now. If, if your entire education is the American school system, you are you are programmed to be poor. And look, if you only educate your system, by uh, only educate your children by sending them to school, you're doing them a massive disservice. Here's why: the gen, uh, the general um, board of education was founded and funded by John D. Rockefeller, and he said, "I am not in the business of making a nation of thinkers. I'm in the business of making a nation of workers." The school system is designed to teach you how to make others rich because if everybody was rich the economy would collapse so to create stabilization in our society we send people to school we teach them how to be poor how to be mediocre and how to make others rich and then tiny 0.01 of those people go read a book mm-hmm. and go oh crap there's more and they become rich and now you have a system where you have the rich you have the kind of rich you have the middle class and you have the poor mm-hmm. and it's. All stems from the school system, okay? So that's number one. You're, you're, you're programmed to be this way. So I don't hold it against you, right? I used to, but now that I understand that, I'm like, of course, you know, you're like, if you grew up in Afghanistan, you're probably gonna be Muslim. If you grew up in uh a... Uh, uh, Idaho, you're probably going to be Mormon. If you grew up in Florida, you're probably going to be a degenerate. Huh. <laughs> I grew
1: up in Detroit. I don't know what
0: that means. <laughs> I not know. Well, you're not a rapper, so. Uh, that's a fact.
1: <laughs> yeah. I moved to Florida to become a degenerate, my lifelong yes, dream. Yes. And we finally accomplished it. Nice. Yes. Good job, bro. Yeah. We, we did it. We made it to me. here. Yeah.
0: But the point is, is that if you're programmed to do that and you're all your friends and everybody's like pipe dream, all this language, you're going to grow up and you're going to seek mediocrity. Mm. Now, here's the more psychological reason. I'd love to hear your take on this because you're the expert on this, but this is how I've discovered it, is your mind is designed to keep you safe, right? If you put your hand on a hot stove, you retract. Yeah. It's like default. If you get near uh, a ledge, you get nervous. It's default, right? So your mind always prioritizes the safety to keep yeah. you alive, to keep you breathing. What, do you, what, you, what must you do to get reward? What is required to get reward? You have to...
1: You have to do something to get rewarded for what it. What you mean? have to risk. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. Like you can't make money off a stock unless you right. risk Invest. buying the stock. Yeah. Right. You right. can't get jacked in the gym if you don't risk looking stupid, risk your time. You yeah. can't build an audience online if you don't risk your reputation. Yeah. You know, every reward comes from risk. Well, if risk is the opposite of safety, yeah. and your mind prioritizes safety, then by default it it literally turns you away from success. Because most of the time it is keeping you safe, but it doesn't know. It just automatic, and this is why when you when a person looks at an opportunity and they say, "Wow, this logically makes sense." Mm-hmm. I've done my due diligence. Like on a logical level, it all makes sense. But then when it comes time to do it, take action, or invest, mm-hmm. they go, "Oh, yeah. they get a feeling. Yeah. Oh, I don't. What if it doesn't work? Oh, I just don't have the time. Oh, um, you know, th- th- you know." That is the default programming, going, whoop, kicking in and going, oh, gotta keep you safe. Doesn't matter if it makes sense, gotta keep you safe because that's my job, that's yep. my job, right? Yep. And here's the real kicker. Here's the difference between poor people and rich people. Poor people feel that feeling and they succumb to it and they go, Oh, and they don't. Rich people know that feeling. They know yeah. that that's how their mind works. They're mechanics of their own mind. If I take my car to a mechanic and he goes, well, I don't know how an engine works, probably not gonna get my car fixed. Yeah. If you wanna be rich, you gotta know how your engine works and your engine is your mind. So what happens is rich people know that they're gonna logically make the decision, then they're gonna feel that feeling and they're gonna go, yep, and they're gonna do it anyway. Yeah. Champions are not fearless, they just do it scared. Yeah. And that is the difference. And it all comes down to deserve it. I hate to say this, but not everybody deserves to be rich, but everybody can deserve to be rich. Mm. So if you, like for instance, here, here's, here's a saying that I think absolutely, it, it kills me, I know my worth. No, you don't. How do you know your worth? You know what your worth is? Exactly what you get paid. Mm -hmm. Because if you were worth more, then you You could ask for more. And if you ask, you get it. And if you don't, you're clearly not worth more. But they just don't understand my worth. Well, then you don't know how to articulate your worth, which means you're not worth that. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, I left and I stuck to my guns, but now I'm unemployed. Yeah, because you weren't worth that. So increase your increase your skills, increase what you know, increase your output and then your worth becomes more. And by the time you get there, you don't even need a boss. Yeah. Because when your worth gets to a certain po- point, it makes so much more sense to be your own boss because yeah. you'll get more output.
1: Yeah. It's one of those things where I... There, it'd be, it's it's the reason there are no shortcuts. It's like how do you feel deserving? At least in my mind, it's like well, if I can tell the story, honestly tell the story of, dude, I've knocked at least twenty thousand doors. I've had at least yeah. the same amount of actual like phone call sales situations. I've been in tens of thousands of actual sales conversations. Like you can't. Tell me that I didn't do that and b that it wasn't actually something that led me to where I am. I can't have you do that tomorrow afternoon. It's going to take a fucking second. You know, and so like that's where it's like you speak with such confidence. How did you do that? Fucking 12 years of that. You know what I mean? And so I think that's where people it's just challenging. It's like by my four step blueprint to do the thing and the thing it's just like. Yeah, buy that and all the other twelve-step blueprints because they're all, they're all fucked up to some degree. You know, just like but, wait, but the thing is,
0: is it, if you bought that that four-step blueprint, yeah, even if it wasn't that great, yeah, but you had confidence, you took action, you did the work, you built the skills, yeah, you could actually make it work. No, hundred percent. Right, but see, that, but my but, but, point is, is like
1: you, you, if you, like, I've spent, you know, I, I've bought a lot of shit. I've spent at least half a million dollars on coaching and courses and all this shit and masterminds and this, that, and the other. And just taking bits and pieces and trial and erroring mm-hmm. all the different bits and pieces and having my own way of doing it. And that's where I, at least I've found is like, I'm confident in my way of doing it because it's not really anybody else's way of doing it because I've just tested my own things that work for me in my own way, even though the same person could say the same thing in their own way, but it just won't convert like at all. And so you, the one that like, I think it was maybe a year and a half ago or something like that. You had launched a VSL and you are like, yeah, I tested like 12 and I'm just like, oh, So it was, okay. it was seven. Seven. Okay. Yeah, so
0: I, I, it was a sales video. Yeah. I said the same thing seven times and I split tested seven of them. Yeah, And five of them were crap. Yeah, One was okay and one crushed. And it, it's sort of like, it, you see your favorite band and they do amazing, they have an amazing show. And then a year later you see them again and the show's not so good. Same content, same mm. song not a very good performance. Maybe they were sick, maybe they, they were just tired. It yeah. happens, right? When we put out social media content, when we put out sales content, when we try to sell, we have this belief that if we have a pitch and we pitch it and it doesn't work, the pitch sucked. Mm. But sometimes the pitch doesn't, maybe it does suck, but sometimes it's not the pitch. Yeah, It's how you set it, mm-hmm. right? There's a big difference between me saying, hey, um, we'll increase your sales uh, in, in we, we might we might even double them in under 30 days. Right. And me saying, uh, most of our clients experience a 100 percent increase in sales in the first month, and if we get on a call, we can look at your business and tell if you could be that next success story. Very mm-hmm. different. yeah, very different 100 percent, right? And so it, it, you know it's not just what you say, it's how you say it. But I think most people are concerned with just one mm-hmm. or maybe, maybe it's the other, right? Yeah. and and they don't think about the conjunction. So sometimes you just got to say the same thing multiple times to where you say it really well,
1: yeah. Well, it's a combination of both, right? You can't have like the worst words, but say them amazingly, you know?
0: Yeah, but it's, it, I, I, so I, so I, so I had this exercise I used to have people do, right? I would be like, all right, guys, you want to learn how to, how to really have confidence when you speak. Here's how you do it. Say things say the opposite things with confidence say things that should not portray confidence yeah. with confidence i just shit my pants <laughs> yeah. man i was walking down the street and i ate this freaking burrito that i shouldn't have ate and i started feeling really bad and there were so many people looking at me there were so many people with their eyes on me cuz you know i started to like really look like i had something wrong with me and i was wearing white pants on top of it man <laughs> i love those white pants and then all of a sudden they weren't white anymore and everyone was looking at me and man i felt great like if you can do that yeah. and you can do that to a crowd of people
1: yeah
0: i'm doing it right now on a mm-hmm. freaking podcast that you know thousands of people are going to see yeah. that's how you develop confidence i call I, I call it the jim carrey method right take, yeah. an, take an actor who overacts mm-hmm. you know who and then try to impersonate that actor it's so if if, if here is like super boring yeah. right here's where you need to be to be convincing and here's jim carrey yeah Try to get here because when it comes time to show up, you'll probably be here. Mm-hmm. But if you try to get here when you show up, you're gonna be here.
1: Yeah, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, that, you know? Yeah. Uh, speaking of the actor side of things, I was actually I have, I have two private clients that I like work on their offers and shit. Um, and one of them, they just exited a business for twelve million bucks, uh, but it was a, just a brick and mortar type of mm-hmm. a situation. And like the online marketing space is like. N- Green around yeah. everywhere, and so it's fun for me because I get to put on my Dan Henry hat, and uh, I, you'd be proud, I promise you. Um, but I'm curious. Uh, I was explaining, for example, like how to tell a story, because they were like, "Oh yeah, we got this awesome story," and I'm just like, "Oh god, <laughs> <laughs> like this is like." That's not an awesome story. somebody
0: says that. They say, I have this yeah. awesome thing. And, right. and it's just so uh, I'm
1: you, what I've learned from you, because um, you hired um, what the hell's the guy's name? Um, the writer, Hollywood guy. Oh, Michael Haig. Michael Haig, right? Yeah. Um,
0: Flew and, him out to my house, sat down yeah, with him. Yeah. I'm good.
1: curious if you could maybe go through like the reality, like where do, where do entrepreneurs fuck up talking about their businesses and their stories and like, you know, your, you have your uh, principal story and the what is the. Right. Like those, so, so that's so good.
0: So, whenever I talk about that, like if, if I'm like, you yeah, know, get your money, people are like, Yeah, but if I talk about that, people are like, because it's really advanced. Okay, it's, I'm happy to cover it, but it's pretty advanced. Well, okay,
1: I, I don't know. I mean, maybe just in a way, touch on it in a way, like who, who's watching this? I'll, co- I'll cover that
0: are... it in an advanced way in a simple way,
1: okay, that way. It's just so good. I just yeah, feel like for, that'd okay. be, I'd be doing everyone a disservice. So
0: here's the deal. Here's you want to. Okay, so I'll, I'll do it the, first. I'll do it the complicated, advanced way that you really have to think and
1: make about. that like quick though, yeah, just in right. case people decide yeah. that they want to camp. You yeah, know.
0: and then I'll tell you the simple, easy way to do it. And you can do it by printing out a sheet of paper and holding it above your TV when you do sales calls, when you do content. Mm. So I'll cover that. So you, you want to stick around? <laughs> All right. So first, uh, you have to understand that you never sell your product. You sell certainty that your product is going to get. Uh, your customer what they want, Mm. right? And so the, the highest level of selling is to do what Apple did, to do what CrossFit did, right? So Apple, they don't sell you a computer. They establish an identity. They allow you to encompass that identity. And then they sell you the thing that only that identity would want. Think different, right? Why do you think most Macs were used by... Uh, Designers and graphic designers, because they they didn't sell a computer, they sold a way to express yourself, Mm -hmm. okay? CrossFit doesn't sell gym membership, they sell you on becoming a CrossFitter, and then what is the only gym that CrossFitters go to? CrossFit. So what you have to do is instead of finding your ideal customer, you have to create them. And the way you do this is you teach them a set of principles, and those principles are things that if they believe in them, they have to buy your product. So for instance, I'll give you an example, a very simple one. If I want you to work with me at closeddeals.com, where we manage your sales team or manage you and help, and help, you have to believe, you have to believe that you need daily support to make more sales. Now, any salesperson knows that, you, you need daily support, mm-hmm. but most people don't. They think, oh no, I can just read a book. So the daily support, you have to believe that principle. So I might say, so, so I use a principles, uh, a universal story, something that proves the principle is true on a universal level in life. And then I use an application story, meaning it applies to what you're doing right now, specifically for your situation. So I'll give you an example. Here it would be this, this whole thing, this parallel I call it parallel storytelling. Yes. Um, imagine you were a boxer and you wanted to win a world title but you don't know boxing. So you go out, you learn how to box, you learn the moves, you learn everything, and you get pretty good at boxing. And then you just stop training. And a year later, you get a fight, you go and you try to fight for the world title. That doesn't happen. Boxers don't do that. They train every day. Airline pilots, they don't learn to fly and stop training. They constantly train. Okay, everybody has to keep up on, they have to maintenance their skills. And the problem is most people don't do that. The principle here is that champions train daily. Now, it's the, so, and then I say, it's the same thing with, it's mm-hmm. the same thing with your sales. And I, I might tell a client, story. we had a client, this is a true story, we had a client, Rena. Her best month ever was $10,000, best month ever, okay? But she didn't have daily support. Mm. We signed her up to the daily sales huddle. Every single day, we met with her and coached her on sales, mindset, prospecting, follow-up. Three weeks later, she made $22,000. She didn't work the first week in January because, you know, holidays. So in her first month with us, by getting that daily support, Mm -hmm. she more than doubled her sales. Now she's on track this month for 30. So you see how I told the universe, like, because if I just tell you that, you're like, oh, he's just pitching me my stuff or his stuff. But if I, if I, oh, no, you're right. A boxer would train daily. That's how they become a champion. They wouldn't just know, yeah. oh yeah, that is true. And then when I tell you the other thing, now it's like, oh, you're right. Oh my God, no wonder I suck at sales. I'm, yeah. You know, because the truth is two, two things every great salesperson does. They train daily and they surround themselves people with, with people better than them. For instance, let's say you have flowers in the ground. They're in the ground, they have a root system, right? They have nutrients. You take one of the flowers, you cut it, you put it in a pot, you set it on the table. How long does that flower last? Till it died. Like what a couple days? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. But the ones in the ground, they last yeah. a long time. Why? Because they have a root system, mm-hmm. they have a support system, they have something constantly feeding them. And it's just like sales. You see, sales can be a lonely place. You get no after no after no. It can isolate you, it can affect your mindset. But if you have a root system to hold on to, now you have that daily nutrients, that daily support to keep you strong and keep you lasting, just like that flower in the ground. But if you cut yourself loose and put it in a pot, you might look pretty for a minute, but you, your business is gonna die because you have no support. We can be that support system for you. We can be your roots. You see how I did that? Yeah. Okay.
1: So if you don't want your sales flower to wilt and die in <laughs> yeah, just a yeah. few days, come to yeah. closedeal.com uh, yeah. and
0: intertwine with the root system of our other sales flowers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, that. like that. Now you know, that's a complicated way to explain it. Yeah. Here's the simple way. Take a sheet of paper and simply write the following, print it out. What's at stake? Mm-hmm. Tape it up above your computer, tape it up above your your camera. Every time you get on a sales call, ask yourself, what's at stake for this customer? Find it out, get them to say it out loud. If they don't say it out loud, they're not going to buy. Mm. right? Why do they want to make more money? Well, why? Maybe they have like if you find out that their mother is sick with cancer and she can't afford her like dialysis, and that's why they want to buy, mm-hmm. and they say that out loud, the chances of them buying are way more than if you just said, oh, you wanna make more money? Cool, mm-hmm. right? Why do you think pharmaceutical companies are like the most profitable business? Because human beings are willing to pay to remove pain more than anything. Mm-hmm. We, if, if you find a problem that's painful, people will pay to remove it, but you have to remind them that it's painful. Out of sight, out of mind. No. Once they start thinking about the pain, like imagine that you had a leg that kind of hurt. And I said, here's, a pill. It costs a thousand dollars for this pill. It'll take your pain away. Yeah. And You're like, yeah. But then I take a baseball bat. I crack you in the knee. Yeah. Okay. And now you're like, oh, You're feeling the pain mm-hmm. more. Now, would you take it? Now you might pay a thousand dollars for that pill. Now, obviously, I'm not suggesting that you go around whacking, you know, your 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 prospects in the Disclaimer. knees. Disclaimer. But the point <laughs> is this: is if you can get them to say it out loud, mm. right? If you get them to say it out loud. They realize how much pain there is. And if you truly believe in your product and you truly believe it can take away their pain, then it's your duty to sell to them. It's your duty to try to get them to do it. Okay. That that Rena client that I told you about, she's great person. She's amazing. She was very scared at the investment. Mm-hmm. And I told her, I said, I am 100% positive based on what I know about you that we'll double your sales in the first month. And we did mm-hmm. more than that. Yeah. Okay. And she sent me a message the other day thanking me for pushing her to buy. And that's the thing. Yeah. If you... If you struggle to push your clients to buy, to show them what they need to do to be resourceful, it probably means you don't believe in your product. Because mm-hmm. if you did, you would have ultimate confidence that they're gonna be they're going to be fine if they buy. Yeah. Now, it's the same thing with storytelling. What's at stake? If I tell you a story, I need to know what is at stake for the person listening and how can I articulate that that thing is at stake? So if I tell you um, a story about uh, how much it sucked for me to be stuck in my nine to five job, I'm not gonna just be like, yeah, I delivered pizza for seven years and it sucks. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna be like, I delivered pizza for seven years. And one day I had to walk up 15 flights of stairs because the elevator didn't work. And when I got there, I met a man named Gupta and I forgot his two liter. By the way, it was negative 16 degrees, negative 52 with wind chill. I had to walk all the way back down the stairs, drive back to the store, get his two liter, drive back, walk back up the stairs and the man stiffed me.
1: Fucking Gupta.
0: Fucking Gupta. And it was that, but you know, I have to thank Gupta because it was that day that I realized that I needed to make a change. And you can make that change too. See? Mm-hmm. Now it's like fuck, man, you know? So you can't just be like, oh, did you like her? Cool. No, it's crack. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Feel the pain. So write up. What's it take? Do it on your sales calls, do it on your storytelling, do it on your content.
1: It's beautiful. Beautiful. That's my I could I could listen to you <laughs> rip on well, I have listened to you yeah. rip on that for hundreds of hours at this point. <laughs> yeah. But it's so it's it's a it's so important it's so important and that so I'm I'm curious you you we were talking about um I want to tie something back here because I think it's a it's a it's a good tie we've got right now it's uh, March it's February 3rd 2023 recently in the last few months AI has accelerated in Mm -hmm. availability of use yes you're talking about um rich people kind of rich people middle class poor I'm curious in what is at stake in the world of entrepreneurship right now
0: moving forward great question ai everybody's worried if ai is going to take your job ai is only going to take your job if you're mediocre at it because look no you think that chat gbt thing could come up with stories like that there's Mm -hmm. no way like you got to be able to dig deep pull from your personal experience like that maybe one day it'll get there Mm -hmm. but look you know If you are just okay at copy, if you're just okay at whatever it is that AI can replace, it will replace you. So now more than ever is the time to double down and become a more valuable asset, become even better at it Mm. so that you can't be replaceable, whether it's by another person or whether it's by AI. I I, I have a premium subscription to ChatGPT, and I use use it to write a legal contract um, uh, just the other day Mm -hmm. because it was a simple contract, it was easy, I, so I had it right. It saved me thousands of dollars in legal fees. However, if I had millions of dollars at stake and I knew I needed some Johnny Cochran motherfucker to make sure that I you know I would not use AI because I'm not a moron, okay? I would hire the best. And so I think, and I believe and maybe I'm wrong on this, but if you're really good at what you do, you're fine. If mm. you're just okay, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a long, long road. It's gonna, yeah. it's gonna be a long night, okay It's not gonna be good.
1: So there's a lot of um. There's a lot of people that are obviously afraid of that. They're probably mediocre at what they do. So and, get better. And so I'm well, I'm curious. Obviously there's a a bit of a I don't know if it's a disdain for the mediocrity, but there seems to be a bit of disdain for mediocrity and people not trying to better themselves in your in your universe. Is that true? I hate mediocrity. All right. So what do you hate most about mediocrity and or what do you hate most about this industry?
0: I hate that mediocrity is now it's encouraged, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's, look at the world, man. Men are being encouraged to be weak. Yeah. They're being encouraged to do all the things that makes a man not a man. Okay. It, it's all like we're turning the whole world into this alternate reality that, you know, for thousands of years, certain fundamental things worked. Mm-hmm. And, and all of a sudden now we're just changing everything. And then people are freaking out. Like marriages are down, divorces are up. Like it's, it, it, you know at the end of the day if you are 45 years old and you're a man and you're not able to provide for your family i don't care how i don't care how many tony robbins things you've gone to i don't care how many times you've you've prayed with the with the uh, gurus i don't care if you're an artist i don't care what you've done that's not noble it's not okay okay now if somebody came in and burned your house down stuck you in a cave in afghanistan and put a gun on you okay in that extremely rare situation I'm sorry, if you lost both your legs, I'm sorry, that happens, I'm excluding those people. But if you have access to the internet, and you're of able body and mind, and you're in your 40s, or really even in your 30s, and you're not financially stable where you can take care of yourself, your children, and your family, there's no amount, like there's, there's no progressive bullshit that you're gonna tell me that makes me think that you're just not doing your job as a man, mm. okay? The books are out there, the information is out there, your ability to provide is out there. And look, there are people like you and me that are willing to help those people. Yeah. I mean, dude, I, I have a ninety-seven dollar a month membership that I used to charge ten grand for. It's not like I'm bleeding people. Yeah. You know, the information yeah. and my goal is, my, my hope is that they, they they join that, they learn that, and then they work with us to scale, and that's where the real money is. I'm putting in a long term investment in there. I, lo- I my book is what free? It's freaking ninety nine cents on Amazon. Yeah. To crying out loud. Yeah. You know, so the thing is, people are willing to help you. The information is out there. Millionaires and billionaires have written books. The information is there. Yeah. It's not okay to be poor. It's not noble. I'm sorry. Okay. I understand that there's this thing now where it's like, well, money isn't everything. Yeah. Th- just like this, that's like, dude, like, I-, I hate to say this, but it's always the people who don't have the thing that say it's okay to not have the thing. Oh, yeah. You know, like, w- what country came up with the idea of fat shaming? The fattest country in the world, mm-hmm. the United States. Now, look, there's nothing okay with, you know, Almost dying because you're so overweight. Like you remember back in the day, Arnold Schwarzenegger. He had this whole thing where he's like, "We'll turn that flab into muscle." and yeah, He yeah. help thousands of kids lose weight. He saved thousands of lives, preventing childhood diabetes. But today, oh my God, that would be body shaming. Mm-hmm. Oh my, it's insane. Yeah. It's insane. But of course, it was the country with the worst problems with weight that came up with that insane mm-hmm. idea. Okay, and no, you should never shame somebody for anything. But that, but if somebody is super overweight you encourage them to lose weight you you encourage them like dude get your shit together yeah you know that should be normal what do you think is going to
1: happen with uh, both i guess <laughs> the the overweight unhealthy version of the world plus the economy and the financial state of people that seems to be on a decline what do you think is going to happen over the next 5 10 15 20 years
0: well not to get conspiracy theorists but this is just how I think, like.
1: Hang on, I got tinfoil. Yeah, yeah. No. So,
0: about, what is what is one way that when one country wants to take another country down without making a big stink, without with keeping it quiet, mm-hmm. what is the what, what is the strategy you see implemented most most uh, most often? Well, ultimately, propaganda, destabilization. Yeah, they send people there yeah. to take out key elements to destabilize the country. In other right. words, they make the country turn against each yeah. other, right? They make like divide and conquer. Dividing exactly. Yeah. Divide and conquer. There's no better way to divide and conquer than say, "Oh, you're encouraging people to be healthy. You're bad. Oh, mm-hmm. you're encouraging people to make money and be in a better financial space. You're bad. Oh, you're encouraging people to be a good father, be a good husband. Oh, nope, nope. You're against women for that, yeah, yeah. right? Like yeah, it's insane. Yeah. Now, of course, there's extremists out there like the Tate guy and all that. There's people that take it too far. But but then what sucks about that is people who are reasonable they go oh you're like that guy. He's mm-hmm. like no no no. No no no. I'm not like that guy. I'm frickin' reasonable, okay? Yeah, yeah. And it's reasonable that if you're 100 pounds overweight, instead of embracing that, you should probably lose weight. It's reasonable that if you can't pay your bills, you should probably learn how to make money and take care of that, hmm. right? These are reasonable things. Okay? You don't have to be rich. How do you define reasonable? Well, reasonable is this. Financially secure to me is you can do whatever you want whenever you want, however you want, with who you want, to uh, within reason, meaning like, I wanna spend three months at the four seasons every night. That's not reasonable, Mm. right? Like, I wouldn't even do that, you know? Um, But if you say, I wanna take my family on a nice vacation, I wanna take them on a cruise, you should be able to do that Mm. without having to budget, right? As well, at the very, and that's ideal, Minimum would be there's food on the table. You're taking care of your family. If they get sick, you can help them, etc., etc., etc. That's minimum, okay. And if you're not there, it's okay to have somebody go, dude. Like, like imagine for a moment that I was, um, you were older and I was younger, and you had a daughter, mm-hmm. and I wanted to marry your daughter, and I'm broke, mm-hmm. and I, I have no ability to provide for her. What would you think? Uh, That's a no go. Oh, oh no, but you're you're financially shaming me or some bullshit, That's a fact. right? That's yeah, a fact. exactly. exactly okay, but it's reasonable. It's your daughter. You want yeah. the man that marries her to be able to provide, right? It, like. Regardless if she makes her own money, like you don't want the guy yeah. to be a free loader, right? Right, right. Or let's say I'm just I'm a fuck. I'm I'm a I'm a drug dealer or something like. Yeah, yeah. You know. I mean. Well, some might argue that we are two fucks. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but you see what I'm saying? Like we yeah. we've taken this to a level of of insanity. Yeah. Where you have people, and this is why you have guys like Andrew Tate and these guys mm-hmm. is because it's gotten so bad. It's gotten to a point where it's so bad that the ext- the only like the extremists come out. Yeah. Like it's like it's like you back somebody into a corner. You know, it, it, like, it, have you ever seen those superhero movies where there's an obvious injustice against someone, but then a villain gets spawned because they 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 want to fight so hard against that injustice yeah, yeah, that yeah. they themselves yeah. become toxic? Yeah. It's a very classic movie yeah. uh, movie format. Well, yeah. that's what's happening. There is an injustice against like all kinds of people today that you Mm -hmm. wouldn't think. Men, uh, people who who have traditional values, people who wanna make money, people who wanna make healthy. There was a woman who had uh, what, triplets? And then like three months later she was super ripped and they're like, this is unrealistic. No, it's not, because there she is, standing right there, asshole. She's right there, okay? It's not unrealistic, because she's there. There she is, physical person, human being, reality, real, it's real, (laughs) asshole, okay? So, you know, that's the thing is, because we are being so unreasonable with certain things, it's spawning these villains mm-hmm. that are just taking it too far. Yeah. And like, you know, maybe 75%, 60% of what they say is reasonable, but then they say it's crazy stuff, and then all of a sudden the reasonable people get lumped in, Yeah, you know, and it's just. So
1: what What about the the people who are crossing their fingers holding out for, you know, a universal basic income and, and, and all that stuff? I mean, let's say that happens. What's your, what do you do?
0: Uh, okay. I'll see you there. <laughs> like, it's not gonna happen. Okay. It's not gonna happen. Go, go move to China or something, and mm-hmm. it's still not gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, look, the thing, history leaves clues, right? Yep. Like, this whole restriction, why do you think that Twitter is so popular right now? Why do you think it has more engagement than ever? Why, why? because Elon Musk came in, yep. and he like, was like, oh, wait, do you want free speech like we have in America? Mm-hmm. Here you go, that yeah. one simple thing. And here's the thing, look, name me a country make a list take take a piece of paper write it down name all the countries that have restricted speech mm-hmm. and how they turned out and name, name all the countries that don't restrict speech and how they turned out yeah. right or 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 just say just say this positive negative make a list of countries that have res- restricted speech and on the left put the ones that had a positive outcome and on the yeah. right put the ones that had a negative outcome yeah i can name you a lot of negative ones mm-hmm. starting with the 1940s like okay most of them yeah yes yeah. like, all. Yeah, like yeah, all yeah yeah so like this idea that we can restrict speech is it's it's never worked out, so what makes you think it's going to work out yeah. now?
1: But it does get to a point to where um, perhaps a decision has to be made as to whether, where do you want to live, right?
0: Well, why do you think I got two houses in Costa Rica? I
1: know. What's the deal in, in Costa Rica with government and all that stuff?
0: Dude, they leave you alone. It's chill, yeah. man. First yeah. of all, nobody argues over the sociopolitical bullshit that we hmm. argue over here because they're too busy like trying to eat. You know they have real problem, yeah. they have real problems um and they're chill they're very uh they're not entrepreneurial people for the most part they're not capitalists mm-hmm. so you know they're it's a very different culture mm-hmm. they're okay being more on the poor side. Of okay. course they want more money, but I'll give you an example. In America, if I say to my my housekeeper, if I say, hey, it's Sunday, the house is a mess, I'll pay you double mm-hmm. to come clean it. She'll come and clean it. Yeah. In Costa Rica, if there's a, a soccer game on, or if it's a family day, mm. like a Sunday, and I say, I'll pay you triple, quadruple, if you come, they won't do
1: it. Oh, okay, so they just won't. a different value system. It's a different
0: value system. And yeah. look, as much as I am about capitalism, and as much as I am about making money, I really do appreciate that about them mm. because, you know, Why do we make money? Mm -hmm. We make money so that we can enjoy life. Yeah. And if all you're doing is making money, I mean, if you look, if you're single, you got no family, and you enjoy making money, and fine, go. But I have a son. Yeah. You know, he's right outside there. Yeah. And for me, moving to Costa Rica has showed me that, like, you can tell someone that they should value this or that, but until they see it with their own eyes, it's hard to sink in. Same thing with making money. Until you see somebody, until you taste the money, so you get that first sale, you're like. You think it's real, but then when you get that first sale, you're like, yeah. oh, this is real. hundred percent.: it's the same thing moving to Costa Rica. Mm. It, it allowed me to, you know, I, just that fact, like I've, I've, I've not looked at my phone, I've said no, I've done things where I say 30 days, I'm not taking any calls. I'm not yeah. doing any calls, I'm not doing any meetings. And it's allowed me to chill out and spend more time with my son, be a better father. Cause we do, man, we get wrapped up in our businesses and it is about a balance. Um, it's less of a balance when you're building, but when you have it yeah. on lock, you got to implement the balance. The problem is that m- there's two problems. Number one, most people think there always needs to be a balance, and it's not. In the mm-hmm. beginning, the balance is going to be swayed. You're, you're going to have to spend most of your time on your business.
1: Define beginning time period. Like uh, How long is beginning when you say beginning?
0: Uh, it, it, man, it just depends. It could be the first year. It could mm-hmm. be the first three months. Um, like For instance, the first... Three months at closed deals, I was grinding my butt off.
1: Yeah. But and now so I, you already know what you're doing. So the person who's right. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's I'm just trying to again go back to expectation setting for people of like in the beginning. It's just like for me, the beginning was the first nine fucking years of doing nothing correctly at all. Yes. And then I had another beginning where I kind of started doing a couple things correctly ish. And there's been new beginnings yeah. and new beginnings. So I think people are just like, well, in the beginning, yeah, the first few weeks or I, I don't and know what it is that they're, you know.
0: Uh, okay. Great question. Here's how I would answer it. The beginning can be a few months, or it can be a few years, or it can be forever. And the way you shorten it is based on the quality of questions you ask, who you ask, and the access to the people you ask. Mm. So for instance, let's say you're a cheap fucker, and you just don't wanna pay any money. You'll pay for everything else in life, but you won't pay for advice from somebody rich. Fine, start a podcast, interview rich people, and get free advice. There you go, okay? Or, you learn to make money mm. and you invest to talk to those people. If all you do is hang around people who are mediocre, who have nine to five jobs, what you're never gonna level up. Yeah. You're never gonna level up. And today, we live in a world where you can get access to people. You can read books, you can pay them for masterminds or coaching. Yeah, You you could try to get it for free by doing interviews. And so, again, it's the quality of your questions, who you ask those questions to, and the level of access you allow yourself or or you get to those people, mm. okay? So what makes a quality question? A quality question is, all right, that's a great question. That's a quality question, all right? Hey. So let's say we're on a coaching call, right? And this goes out to anybody who's ever taken any coaching. I'm gonna show you right now how to get more value out of it. First thing you do is no one cares about your backstory. It's it's irrelevant. Well, here's what happened. Nope, don't care. Start with my question is. Every question starts with my question is. And the question should be able to be asked in under 15 seconds. If you can't start it with my question is, and it doesn't take under 15 seconds, then your question is so convoluted that you don't understand it. It's not a good question, and doesn't matter what the answer is. Hmm. Even if it's from a smart person, you're not gonna get it. Under 15 seconds, my question is, okay? That is, and no backstory. So
1: how do you, if, let's say a person takes that and go, okay, I don't understand, clearly based on the dumbass shit that was about to come out of my mouth, I clearly don't understand how to ask a question, but I also don't understand how to go back to the drawing board and formulate a question. Like, what? Mm-hmm. how do I go from there?
0: Listen to the questions asked by people who are good at asking questions. Mm-hmm. One of the greatest questions you can ask is what question should I be asking? Mm-hmm. If, if all else fails and you don't know what question to ask, simply say, you know, what question should I be asking? Yeah. Or if you want to expand a little bit, you could say like, for instance, if somebody came on a call with me and they said, here's what I sell, here's who I sell it to, here's the problem I solve, here's my sales for the past uh, month, and here's how I sell it. Right, I sell a weight loss product. Uh, It's an online course. I sell it to women who recently had a baby. I sell it through Facebook ads to a webinar, or I sell it from speaking on stage. I've made thirty thousand dollars in the last month. Mm -hmm. What question should I be asking? If you do that, you will get a far better answer than whatever your cockamamie brain was going to come up with. Okay, because what did you do? You just gave me the exact parameters, and you said, and then. It's on now it's on me. Yeah. Now it's on me to formulate your question based on the data. But notice how quickly I said that. Well, you know, I'm a mom and you know, I've got three kids, and my mom growing up, you know, she just didn't know how to eat healthy. And you know, I really care about women. Great, great, you and everybody else. Yeah. Okay. You yeah. and everybody else. Everybody cares about women, everybody cares about men, children, dogs. You're a human being. There's seven billion of us. Great. I mm. don't care. What do you sell? Who do you sell it to, and what's preventing you from selling it more? What are your mm. numbers? That's it. Okay. It right and that's the thing is you'll get on a call with a coach you'll spend this much time telling them shit that you don't need to hear that maybe means a lot to you and you think that you need to tell them that for them to get empathy for you but they're a coach they don't need empathy you're paying them to teach you stuff they're not somebody you met at a bar you, you can skip that part okay and then you just tell them the data like it's simple so good it's so simple. good
1: rewind that everyone and watch it about twelve thousand times Um, So, I got to ask this as the follow-up question to that is what is the number one question that entrepreneurs should be asking themselves if they want to be successful?
0: Perfect. Close your eyes. Imagine a version of you a year, two years, three years, four years, five years from now, whatever, that is ultra successful, right? That is just absolutely crushing it. And then ask yourself, what what are the decisions that person's making? What are the habits they're making or they're doing? How are they living their lives? Where are they putting their money? Now, most people, you might think, well, how would I know that? Well, if you don't, you can just look at somebody who's successful and look at how they behave. But the truth is most people do know it. Mm. You do know what you need to do. You know, you're just not doing it. Mm -hmm. And so if you imagine what that successful person looks like and what they do and what they behave and how they think, then ask yourself, are you thinking like that? Are you behaving like that? Are you doing what that person would do? The answer is no. Well, that's why you don't have what that person has. Mm. That's the question you should be asking yourself, ultimately, are you doing what you already know you should be doing?
1: Mm, powerful question. Powerful question. I, I have, I had got to know your answer to this one. It's kind of, it's slightly unrelated, but in this industry that we're in, the online coaching, consulting, service providing, agency owning industry, what's something for you that feels illegal, but isn't?
0: Ah, uh, feels illegal, but isn't. Well, I, w- I guess I could say, uh, ooh, that's a good question. It feels illegal, but isn't, uh, okay, perfect. Uh, th- this'll th- I don't care about this. I, I deal with it, but here, here's the thing that I, I, I can think of when you ask this mm-hmm. is, cause this has happened to me a million times. I teach you how to create a winning digital product.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You sell how to train dogs. That's what you want to do. Okay. So you buy my program. I show you how to create a digital product that shows people how to train their dog. You make 10 grand. Mm-hmm. Two weeks later, you have a new product. You know what that product is? How to make money with a digital product. How to make money with a course. Yeah. That is what feels illegal. Not just money, but 10K a month, <laughs> but 10K a month because you made it once. Okay. Yeah. Here's the deal. I, when I sold how to run ads for local businesses, my first Successful offer. Mm-hmm. I had owned a bar and restaurant for 14 months that I took from nothing to a million dollar business. I sold it for multiple, like three, $350,000 profit in 14 months in a state of Florida where 95% of bars fail. Mm. Okay. Which to me meant that 95% of my competition sucks. So I'm good to go. That's how, that's how I viewed it. Points. But then I went out and I found other bars and restaurants, real estate agents, other people. And I promoted and ran ads on social media for them and gotten them results. Then Mm -hmm. I created a program that taught people how to run ads for local business. I made $10 million with that program. And then I created a program on how to sell digital products, Mm. okay? And the thing is, is that most people think, because I don't want to confuse people, you can teach something, but here's the mistake most people make. Instead of going deep and teaching one thing that you really know how to do well, they try to teach the whole thing. Yeah. Okay. So let's say you really know how to uh, increase, let's say, let's say you've made some money from selling online courses mm-hmm. and you want to create an offer around that, but you haven't made a lot of money, you're not really that good at marketing, you're not really that good at sales, but you're really good at like this specific onboarding process for the client mm. that gets them lowers refund rates, gets them more massive. Like maybe it's just some little sweet sauce you have. Yeah, You create a digital product around that. You don't try to, oh, I'm going to teach you how to create online courses. Eventually you make, you do well with that you can, but most people jump the gun and they don't realize there's millions of dollars to be made in that little nut or bolt, but yeah. they try to sell the whole machine. And then of course they don't know what they're doing. And so you know how many people have bought my, dude, Yeah. I've watched it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, You've seen it. Okay. Hey Dan, here's 10 grand. Here's 50 grand, whatever. They buy my program and they say, man, Dan, I just, my webinar's not converting. You know, my sales content's not converting. Uh, We're not closing deals. Um, our ads aren't converting. Um, we're just, we're really struggling to to get any clients this month, man. We really need your help. I'm like, cool. What do you sell? Oh, I teach uh, coaches how to get clients. Dude, no less than fifty people, no less than fifty people I can name you, which I won't mm-hmm. name out of respect for them, have paid over ten thousand dollars for my help. Yeah, and have said those exact verbatim words.
1: Mm-hmm. What would it's, you like to say to those people?
0: Stop being a fucking asshole. You don't know what you're doing. Pick something that you know how to do and teach that. You fuck. Okay, like, dude, seriously, you're. But taking, what would you really like? to Because it's bullshit. You're taking people's money and you don't know what the fuck you're doing, and it's fucking wrong. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, Dan, why should you get all the money, dude? Because I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Okay, you don't. Period. Yeah. The greatest salesperson if someone that believes in their product so much that I'll give you an example. I had a salesperson once who was not a, not the greatest what you would consider a traditional salesperson, but she used to be my assistant, and she watched all the students that I had get massive results for like three years. Yeah. Then. She ended up talking to people in email and she had so much conviction around the product that she would end up bringing me deals and she didn't even know how to sell. And I'd be like, I'm putting you, let me put you on the phones. Mm-hmm. Let me see what's up. So I put her on the phones and she ended up crushing it. I wanted to see how she would do with no sales training. Yeah. She gets on there with hardly no sales training, crushes it. I give her sales training, crushes it even more, crushing it more than any other person on the team that had a sales training that were like salespeople, why? Hmm. Because she had the most conviction that that product would solve that customer's problem. The reason why you are not selling more is because you don't have the conviction in your product because your product sucks. Yeah, Because you don't know what it is, you don't know what you're doing. Now, I'm not trying to discourage people from not selling their stuff. I'm saying, take what you're selling and drill it down. Yeah, There's gotta be something that you're good at doing, that you yourself are good at doing, that, you know, hey, like, this one nutter bolt, you could sell, yeah, or okay, you made ten grand from from you made ten grand from selling on like affiliate that, yeah, you, okay, so take those skills and affiliate it, right? Sell somebody else's product that knows what they're doing and take a cut and then you don't even have to deal with all the infrastructure that you don't know how to do anyway because you're a noob and you made ten grand and you don't know shit, okay? yeah, like that's the honest truth. and that's the thing is we need more people who are willing to put just as much dedication into making a quality product as learning how to make money and selling it. Mm. Okay? If your product sucks, like the, I used to tell people, if your product sucks, I don't want to help you. Mm. I need you to be dedicated to making sure that product wins. Cause and honestly that's why I stopped coaching.
1: Tell you. me about the effort that is required to make a product really good.
0: It's simple, okay? You 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 make a you make a you make a mediocre product. Because you can't make a good product without making a mediocre mm. one. You make a mediocre If you're a new surgeon, you just got out of medical school, you perform your first brain surgery, do you think that it's gonna go just as smoothly and you're gonna get paid as much as your 100th, your 500th, your thousands when you're now a veteran surgeon? Mm. You have to start somewhere. Here's the problem. Most people, they'll start with a product, it'll be okay. And then they just stop. And then they're like, I need to learn how to sell more of it. No, no bro, you need to learn how to refine it. Mm. So what we used to do, and this is a little technique, is if I sold you a product, we would, constantly pay attention to the community. We'd constantly do surveys and we'd figure out, where are you not getting it? Where are you not winning? Where are you getting stuck? Essentially, where's the friction? We then go, and re- and here's the goal, find the friction, revamp the product until that friction is gone. Mm-hmm. Find the next friction, revamp the product until that friction is gone. Yeah. We got my uh, digital millionaire coaching program to such a level where it was so refined. That what we would do is when they came on a coaching call, we'd have them fill out a form that said, "Do you have any of these questions? If so, here's the lesson. Mm-hmm. If that doesn't solve your problem, uh, come on the call." Yeah. We went from having like 50 questions on a call down to like seven yep. per call. Like it was like a ghost. It was like a was like yeah. We've,
1: a, we've implemented something yeah. very similar.
0: Yeah, and yeah. your calls become
1: yeah. a ghost It's time. fantastic. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. The truth, the truth. Here's the cold hard truth: most of the people that made the most money from my stuff and Probably other stuff, they never came on a coaching call. They just mm. did the fucking work. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I never saw them. Because they're like, nope, I got it. Yeah. You know? And 100%. it wasn't that they were smarter than other people, it was that they thought less. Yeah. They didn't get, fill their head. Yeah. They just did it.
1: Yeah. You know? The, the You mentioned the survey thing. My answer to the what feels illegal but isn't yeah. is you ask people, like, what would you like to buy?
0: Oh, oh, I see where you're, okay, yeah, you
1: know, that's true. So, it's it's because in school, right, you're not allowed to yeah. copy from your neighbor. You're not allowed to get the answer key to the test. The beauty in businesses is, is you get to survey your marketplace yeah. and go, what are your biggest problems? And they say, my biggest problem is A. And if everybody, like, the majority of people say my problem is A, then guess what you do? Do you have a problem A? Here's the solution to problem A. Buy it. They go, here's my yeah.
0: money. Yeah,
1: That feels illegal, yeah. but it's not. Nobody does it. Like, Can you review my offer? What do you think? I'm like, I don't fucking know. Ask your market.
0: Oh. <laughs> yeah. So that's so here's the other thing. Uh you mentioned hard road easy road. Yeah. That is the easy road. Mm. is asking your is, but that's that one easy road that nobody's on cuz they don't even know it's there. It's i like know side road, I know. Right? It's the illegal yeah. side road hiding in plain sight. <laughs> but you know there's another road. And I learned this from Steve Jobs. You ever read The Innovation Secrets of G, of Steve Jobs by uh, Carmi- mm-hmm. uh Carmine Carmine Well, I don't remember his name. So Not to spell well, that for me. Yeah, later. yeah, yeah. What what Steve Jobs said Was that that is true to a certain level? Yeah. But then there's a level above it.
1: Oh, right, right, right. I had to design the iPhone in a way that I knew that they would want to use it. Right. It's it's like Henry Ford did with the car. They'd want a faster horse if you surveyed them.
0: Well, well, yeah, right, right. customers don't know what they want yeah, at a certain level yeah. of innovation.
1: But on a very basic fucking level, yes. which most of the people listening to this, they yes. have a very basic thing that yeah. they do. Well,
0: we're talking billion dollar yeah, yeah. shit. I'm this just, is a million dollar uh, shit. Well, you got to Yeah, before you walk. Yeah,
1: you yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 100%. I um okay, I have to ask you this question. Okay. Tim Grover says there's a dark side to every successful person. Yes. What is your dark side?
0: Ooh, what is my dark side? Um I would say that my dark side is and this is something I'm trying to correct that I've leaned so heavily into getting good at one aspect of of Dan mm. that it can leave the other aspects wanting, so for instance, sometimes I mean look, to deliver pizza for seven years, have no formal business education and then rapidly go to thirty million dollars in like less than five years is kinda mm-hmm. kinda fast. Yeah. Right? It's not as fast as some of the I see some of these guys coming out now making hundred million dollar companies like, yeah. like, like oh, shoot, you know, but all in all, pretty fast. Yeah, you did all right. Yeah And so and, and not even just the like the ability level, mm-hmm. right? Like to go from being socially awkward and not being able to even speak properly to making a million dollars in a day from mm-hmm. stage with just this. Yeah and I'm talking about words. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Thanks for clarifying. (laughs) Hell of a stage. Different (laughs) phase of life.
0: That is, to be able to do that so rapidly, it's sort of like you're driving down the road and you're going so fast that maybe you knock a a couple things over, or maybe some things fly out of your car, Mm -hmm. or maybe some small damage is done along the way. And if you weren't going so fast you could slow down put the car in park get out pick the thing up fix it get back in your car and go yeah but because you're going so fast you don't even notice it mm-hmm. and then you get to the finish line and then you look back at all this like carnage yeah and you go crap i really want to turn around and go back and fix it and then you turn around and you try to go back and fix it but what you realize is that it takes longer to drive all the way back sure and start fixing things mm-hmm. than if you just slowed down and fixed it as you were going Mm. and there's definitely regrets that i have in my life for going so fast that i didn't even notice
1: um what's the biggest one
0: um the biggest one was when i was married to my Mm ex-wife uh i was young i was in my you know still in my 20s uh and i was so focused and dedicated to providing Mm. and to um making sure that my future son who's out there right now was taken care of, my family was taken care of. Um, you know, my father, he grew up rich and my dad got, my grandfather got throat cancer, mm. spent all his money on his medical bills. Cause if he would have uh, let his company that he was a partner in know that he had throat cancer, they would have let him go. Oh wow. So by the time my dad left the home, he was poor, getting wow. no money. And so um, I always told my dad when I was a kid, like I'm gonna get rich and I'm gonna take care of you. Mm. And my mom, you know, I. And so it was, I was so focused on that, that I definitely, um, there was times when I could have been spending more time with my wife. I could have been, you know, hey, six o'clock, shut it off yeah. and six turns into six fifteen turned into six 30, turned into seven. And, you know, she got sick of that. And, um, we, you know, ended up amicably, uh, divorcing i mean yeah. what divorce is amicable but yeah, yeah. At, you know we, we mediated and it's, you don't you know, have
1: scratches on your face and no. gunshot wounds so more amicable than some
0: no no she's from turkey that's florida girls no, so, well. Okay. Just, okay. <laughs> if you're from florida you realize how accurate that joke is <laughs> but um um uh no uh so here's my biggest regret and i'm gonna really sum it up the same tactics techniques skill set that I learned to be able to sell and market later in life I learned can be used to mitigate conflict, to speak to people that you have a relationship with. Mm -hmm. Same skills, right? And I did not realize it at the time that I could have literally took what I was learning and what I was dedicating myself to and apply it to my marriage. And I guarantee you I would have saved my marriage. And I was only thinking about applying it to one aspect and too little too late. Yeah. You know, and we're great. We're good friends now. We talk all the time. We co-parent, but, um, yeah. you know,
1: well, during the, yeah. those times, I mean, you mentioned it was a regret, but you were also in the building years, right? So it's yeah. like you said, there was, it, there had has to be an imbalance. So, I mean, what would you have done differently? How would you have balanced it differently? And would you still have had the same amount of success had you shut it down and done taken less time and what? Well,
0: I'll be honest with you. And Maybe I'm wrong on this, but I don't think it was necessarily that I worked too much. Mm. I think it was that I didn't acknowledge. Mm. Like I could have came down. Like let's say I had to work late, right? Yeah. I could have came down for ten minutes. Yeah. Kissed her on the forehead, sat with her, told her how much I appreciated her, told her mm-hmm. how much I'm mis- explained why I had to work. Ten minutes. Yeah. Ten minutes. And and look, yeah, I would have definitely worked a little bit less. I would have di- I would have made a promise to hey, I'll spend this Saturday with you. Yeah. And I would I would have done it. Um, and, and I'm not going to lie, if I would have known what I know now, if I would have had the systems and the support, if I would have invested more in learning even more, yeah. I probably could have set up those systems where I didn't need to work as much, yeah. which is why, like...
1: But at the time, yeah. you couldn't have known more than you knew yeah, at the time, yeah, so... Yeah.
0: And so, but I, I think less than actually spending the time, which I would have, I would have definitely spent yeah. more time, but I wouldn't have spent, I would not have never worked late. Yeah, you 100%. Know? I think it's more about going down and it's how you make the other person feel if, if, yeah. if you're, if you're busy, but they feel like you still care about them. It's very yeah. different than being busy and just being shut out.
1: I found with, with Melissa and I, cause she didn't grow up in like the entrepreneurial world. Mm-hmm. Um, and shit, I didn't know what I was doing. I still probably don't to some degree, uh, to an enormous degree, I'm sure. Um, but one of the things that's helped enormously is just like in sales and marketing, it's pre-framing and preframing their expectations of what's going to actually happen because so many times yeah, like exactly. that has held, like I can't tell you how many conversations you know over and over but like l- more time between the conversations because like hey here's probably what this is about to be and it's like when you uh, had hired um, uh, <laughs> when I remember the first time when I uh, joined uh, when I when I signed up uh, to work with you one on one and I came to that first meet meeting and uh, Alice was giving a. Uh, something about hiring an assistant, right? Mm-hmm. And you were like, "Oh, when I hired her, I told her I'm going to be a complete fucking nightmare. It's going to be the worst thing oh, ever for oh, you." Oh, yeah. So that's yeah. And, the, yep, and yep. your expectation setting. And so I'm just like, "Oh, okay."
0: that's the devil is, wears product method
1: it's great it's yeah. fucking amazing yeah like you can pre-frame like the, my so we have like no churn on our team Like right. everybody on my team well. has been here for at least a year and a half two years and the company my existing company is like a little over two years old so like most everybody's been here the whole damn time and it's because of the pre-frame of what this experience yeah. is about to be, how long it's going to take to get to a certain destination right, exactly. and, and all of the things along the way, rather than it's going to be fast and yeah. easy and overnight and amazing, you yeah. know?
0: So, so, do you want me to like yeah, quickly please. cover that method? Yeah, So cover you, that When method. you hire somebody, let's just say it's an assistant, here's what I do. Mm-hmm. And I, I have very high employee retention. Yeah. I, okay. Here's a very docile boss mm-hmm. that is just like, oh, I'm so sweet all the time, right? Otherwise known as a poor one. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> here's like a reasonable but stern boss mm-hmm. who's like, will demand and be unreasonable enough with their employees to push them and all that. Like, you know, yeah. and then like maybe here's like kind of a dick boss. And then here's like just a nightmare devil yeah. wears Prada, you know, uh, yeah. in that, okay. I say I'm this. Yeah. I know I'm this. Right. I'm not this. Right. don't expect that. Mm-hmm. I'm right about here, but I say I'm here. Mm-hmm. So that when they come in, they expect this horrible boss that's just gonna be a nightmare. Yep. But then when I'm stern and I'm I'm like not super nice, but I'm also not super mean and I'm just like I hold you accountable yeah. and all, then they're like oh that's not that bad yeah. right so I basically say yes I'm going to ask you to get the latest copy of Harry Potter before what's her nuts uh actually mm-hmm. writes it okay like yeah. and 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 you're going to like you know like, and yeah, yeah, and yeah. I never ask for that yeah, yeah, you know and I only need green
1: skittles from yes, Asia. yes you know? I say that stuff yeah, 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 yeah.
0: and then they go okay and yeah. then I'm like all right sweet so now when I just don't yeah. care about if it's a green skittle yeah. they're just like oh, right? yeah. yeah so it's 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 also you can do it in sales called a price marinade.
1: You can do it with your wife. It's called a wife wife. marinade.
0: Listen. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, yeah, you can do a wife marinade. 100%. Yeah, and if I would have known that, dude, I would have been like, hey, I'm going to be working until at least nine tonight. i I'd have been done at seven. Yeah. Oh, it's a bonus. Yes, exactly. Rather than I'll be done at five and and then you're done to seven. seven. Yeah, exactly.
1: That has been, I think, at least in the last couple of years, the best thought process that I've implemented, like I'm yeah. constantly just preframing. Like I, we just hired a um, two uh, two new people on our sales team, um, and on day one, I tried to like get them to quit. Oh yeah, and the one of them did. Uh, which is great, um, but it wasn't the one that I thought was going to quit, which was interesting. Yeah. But I'm like, this is going to be uh, way harder and longer than you think. That's what she said. Um, <laughs> but I really, you know, I had to, you know, I had to. Do I'm all, just I'm
0: thinking of, uh, uh, I, I could already see about 50 comments of people laughing and saying, yeah. And then there's the one shaved head white girl who just Thank had like following that with head f- f- yeah 50 <laughs> comments of how yeah. we're horrible people yeah you know i can already see it. yeah yeah i hope so i certainly <laughs> hope so
1: for the sake of the youtube algorithm yeah, yeah, please. exactly please argue exactly. in the comments below about how horrible of people that yes, we are you will
0: only increase our engagement and that's right by telling them that they're not going to be able to I resist know. they're going to do it anyway i know it, hel- and it helps our engagement but they're still going to do it because they just can't help them
1: yeah that is a fact <laughs> that is a fact well mm-hmm. what speaking of questions what is a question that i should have asked during this very fruit Full time together that I shouldn't have asked or that I should have asked that I didn't ask. I would say this.
0: The question would be, what is the one trait, not skill, mm. not, you know, system, but trait that every successful entrepreneur should have?
1: Well, what is the one trait that every successful entrepreneur should John, have?
0: thank you for asking. You are welcome. That is amazing. Okay. So, here's what it is. And of course, I'm going to tell you an analogy. Please. Okay. Who's the greatest baseball player of all time? Babe Ruth? Oh, Babe Ruth. Everybody says Babe Ruth. And if they don't say Babe Ruth, they say somebody very similar to him, mm-hmm. Jackie Robinson, whatever. Here's the thing. Babe Ruth is considered the greatest baseball player of all time, yet he hasn't stolen the most bases. He hasn't hit the most home runs. He hasn't won the most World Series. In fact, modern players, even ones that aren't even considered super awesome, they've outperformed him in stats, yet he's still considered the greatest. Why? I'll tell you why. When Babe Ruth played baseball, the MLB did not play anywhere near as many games as they do now. They didn't have private jets flying the players around to every game. They didn't have professional massage therapists keeping all their muscles in working order. They didn't have the best trainers. They didn't have the they did not have the best resources. In fact, they had very little resources. Today, they have all the resources you could possibly ask for. And you see, the principle here is that you don't get credit for succeeding in times of triumph. You get credit for succeeding in times of struggle. And Babe Ruth is the greatest baseball player because he did it in a time when the resources were not plentiful, when the conditions were not ideal. When you get an objection on a sales call, most of the time it is the same objection. The conditions are not ideal. I don't have the time. I don't have the money. It's not the right time. What if it doesn't work? Blah, 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 blah. This is all the same objection. The conditions are not ideal we are programmed by the indoctrination camps that we call the school system to believe by our parents to believe that you only move forward when the conditions are ideal and when they're not you don't we are programmed to think that way but rich people winners realize that the conditions are never ideal and that's why poor people stay poor because they they don't take action because the conditions are never ideal Mm -hmm. rich people they take action because they know that the conditions are never ideal They just do, they just, they become resourceful. And here's the thing, if you're struggling, if you if you get on sales calls and you're thinking to yourself or whatever, you're selling to your market, whatever it is, and you're thinking to yourself, man, my customers just don't understand the value. They don't know how to invest in themselves. They don't know how to blah, 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 blah. The thing is that they're not being resourceful and you're not inspiring them to be resourceful. Mm. And here's why, imagine you were on a cliff and you were considering cliff diving. And on your left is a professional cliff diver with over 500 dives. And on your right is your best friend of 10 years who's never dived a single time. Mm. Who is more likely to convince you to take that leap? Your friend. Your friend? No. The man who's never dived oh, ever convince
1: you? Oh, to I, take the dive. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. The professional, so, yeah, the professional. diver.
0: Right, because why?
1: Because he's going to tell you how to do it and you're going to have confidence in doing it the right way and you'll be able to do it. And who are you
0: more comfortable with believing that yeah, it's can yeah, pay yeah, to jump? 100%. The guy that's taking yeah, the yeah. leap. The principle here is that it's very difficult to convince someone to take a leap mm. that you haven't yourself taken. 100%, congruency. Right. So, when you're on a call and they say, I don't have the time, I don't have the money. Well, yeah. let me ask you, how often have you found the time? Have you found the money? Mm-hmm. Because if you can't be resourceful, how can you attract and inspire your customers to be resourceful? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you know how many times I've been on a sales call where they've said something like that. And then I tell that I just tell that little Babe Ruth story mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, like some sort of fucking magic, they have the money. Yeah, It just appears out of thin air. Yeah. They go, you're right. And they give me their credit card. One of the many
1: things that really stuck out to me from you is you buy the way that you sell. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Exactly. By the way that you sell. Yeah. If you write down, if you take a piece of paper and you write down the most common objections that you get when you are considering buying something, and then you write down the most common objections you get, you'll notice something very mm-hmm. interesting. They're usually- The same. The same. Mm-hmm. Exactly.
1: 100%. Right.
0: And so if you can't figure out how to overcome these objections for you, mm-hmm. how are you going to figure out how to overcome them for your customer? It ain't it, it's not going to happen. You know, you. know you are your customer, you are the first sale. Beautiful. So that's what I would say.
1: Where where should we tell people to go get more of the Dan Henry goodness?
0: The Dan Henry goodness. Um, I'm super active on Instagram. So here's what I can tell you. Um, If you want to learn more about uh, sales, right? Let's say you have a company, you already are making sales and you wanna learn more. If you DM me the word objections on Instagram, at Dan Henry, yeah, We'll business. put
1: all this below in the description yeah.
0: too. At Dan Henry, if you DM me the word objections, I'll automatically send you a uh, four-minute audio lesson for the best way to overcome objections. And then, if you're looking to just get started, um, like just get started creating your maybe your first digital product or something like that, again, reach out to me on Instagram and DM me the word legacy, and I'll tell you more about. Um, and you you were in it, you bought it um, before it was called Legacy.
1: I w- I've been. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, and years ago. Yeah,
0: when it was ten grand. <laughs> when and it, it was
1: sold out courses.
0: It was sold out. Yeah. Yeah. I like to change names. Yeah, I know. But I used to charge ten grand for it. Over a hundred people became millionaires from it, and now it's like a small monthly fee every month. Mm. You know, because I want you to make money, and then I want you to work with us. All right.
1: I, I also I gotta I gotta close out by asking you because I know you've got something good to say on this. What's your favorite really off color joke that you could say on this show?
0: Okay, my favorite off color joke that I could say. Dude, I'm from Florida. I know some pretty hairy off-color jokes. I know. We've traded them. Yes, And
1: I know that people would just love to hear. Oh,
0: them. Lord. You're trying to get me canceled. Uh, all right. Let's see. Uh, okay.
1: Hold on. But also viral before the cancellation, of course. Yeah.
0: All right. Was. So my, my most, all right, hold on. Let me, let me think here. I'm, I'm, I'm cycling through all the little. Take gr- your time. We can edit out the dead spots. All the little groups that are going to go nuts And which one. <laughs> um, oh, we could go with a, we could go with a simple blonde joke excellent you want to go with the blonde joke
1: that's just fine my wife is blonde she'll appreciate okay, it okay fantastic
0: so there's three uh three ladies three fine ladies uh sitting in the gynecologist's office uh a blonde a brunette and a redhead so the brunette goes i'm gonna have a boy because i or sorry he goes i'm gonna have a girl because i was on top and the redhead says well i'm gonna have a boy because i was on bottom the blonde all of a sudden starts crying Hysterically, and they go, Sweetie, sweetie, what's wrong? And she goes, I'm gonna have a puppy. (laughs)
1: Ladies and gentlemen, the man, the myth, (laughs) the legend, Dan Henry.
0: That was the lightest one I could think (laughs) of.
1: Hey, I hope you enjoyed the show thanks for making it to the end and I hope you got something out of it the good news is I've got another one that you're going to like and the link is right here all you have to do is click it and it'll start playing to so go ahead and click that now and I'll see you in the next one